Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have this man back. He's a friend of mine, Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Atticott, the director of the uh, Warrior Defense Project, also a great author. Jeff, how are you? Good to see you. Doing great, Joe. So, Warrior Defense Project, there's this big, long um, um, website to try to get to it. Can they just Google Warrior Defense Project and it'll come up? That's what I do. Yeah, it's real easy. Just Google Warrior Defense Project, St. Mary's Law School. You'll see what we do. I'm the founder and the director. We've handled about 150 cases over the years of soldiers wrongfully accused of misconduct, and I personally represent them, court martials, administrative issues all across the country. And it's free. Free. Uh, I, I hope people will go and help out because um, uh, you've, you've covered some cases that I just think are nutty. If we have time, we'll try to get into one of those today. What is the latest sure. book? I know that you got the Trump judges book that's still available, but you're working on one for Christmas. What is it? Yeah, it's a Civil War book. So it looks at the legal and policy issues associated with Union terrorism that was conducted in the South during the war. And I kind of, you know, was interested in looking at that. Uh, and it's kind of timely because we're seeing the same thing with the Russians and the Ukrainians. So it's, uh, you know, war crimes and it's just part of our own history. So I, I'm I think it's been a pretty good read. A lot of things have changed since we spoke last. And I think that we, uh, it's a couple of months ago, it wasn't too long ago, but a lot of things have changed in that people are starting to wake up to the corruption in Ukraine. They're starting to figure out whether Putin is serious about using nukes. We're starting to talk about the, the Nord Stream pipelines that were, exp- that were blown up, sabotaged. Obviously, we just don't know by whom. But if, let's just start from the start. If I were to say, hey, hey, Atticott, why are they fighting in Ukraine? What the heck is that all about? What would you say? Yeah, I mean, it started in February of this year when the Russians uh, came across the border. Um, and, of course, historically, a large part of uh, eastern Ukraine is actually Russian-speaking, Russian people that are there. And they've been treated kind of shabbily over the years. Basically, the Ukrainians said either adopt to us or move out. Um, and so that's been a bone of contention for a very long time. Okay. And from the Russian perspective, you know, they invaded another country. Now, that's illegal under international law. I would think, yeah. Yeah, just because you have a beef uh, and those historical facts are correct doesn't give you the right to invade another country. So the Russians came in. uh, They came in with about 80,000 soldiers. They uh, made some progress initially. uh, were coming towards the capital city and then were uh, pulled back or decided to go back and and occupy those four provinces there on the eastern part of Ukraine. And they've been kind of holding steady there ever since. Uh, Basically, though, the Russian military kind of left after that. And what you have right now in the eastern provinces, you've got about maybe 50,000 Russians there, but they're not really Russians. They're allies of the Russians, Chechens. Uh, different folks. They're like our National Guard. They're the B team. Right. Okay. Uh, well, well, as we look at it, we know that uh, Russia took Crimea uh, under Obama. They did nothing right. under under Trump, and I'm guessing because Trump said, oh, I would just drop a bunch of bombs on you. Um, and then Biden comes in, and they decide, let's go ahead and, and, and just roll tanks. They started the Nord Stream pipelines up again four days after Biden took over, so they weren't afraid of him. And then uh, they, they lined up all their tanks and their 80,000 that you talked about on the border and said, yeah, we're not really there. We're not really going to do anything. Then they did. So does it matter who's in the White House? Does the strength of the U.S. matter here? Uh well, it does matter. I mean, leadership matters. And, uh, and again, enemies attack when they perceive that this country is weak. And that's a perception. I think it was uh, uh, our, you know, President Biden's decision to withdraw unilaterally man-made disaster out of Afghanistan. That kind of let the world know right. that, uh, you know, that this president was not really the same president they were familiar with dealing with, with President Trump. And you saw a lot of people pushing the, uh, the envelope because they perceive that we are weak. 
Um, so, you know, and, and then our media, of course, is another story that, yeah. you know, Ukraine is the darling of our media now. And they're putting out a lot of, in my opinion, propaganda. The latest propaganda is that you Russians are being driven out. They're on their last legs. The Ukrainians are taking over this, you know, vast areas of you know, counteroffensives. Uh, don't believe it. Uh, the Russians are massing. The reason they called up their draft, they're amassing a gigantic force getting ready when the ground freezes in November, and they will come roaring into Ukraine with a massive force. The Ukrainians have been bled dry. Their army of about 600,000 has been decimated. They've lost at least 100,000 dead, oh, wow. 300,000 wounded. So they're, you know, they are barely existing right now. And the Russians, of course, will come back, in my opinion. Now, you're not going to hear this on the news media because it's all, you know, it's about over. The Russians are going to have to use nukes to survive. They don't need to use nukes, and they won't use nukes. Uh, but they are amassing a gigantic force, and they will be coming across uh, in November. Because right now, what they've left in Ukraine, as I said, is their B team, it's their National Guard. There's some counteroffenses, some grounds being lost. They do counter counter-strokes, counter-attacks. A lot of that area is very flat, no mountains, so it's hard to hold on to. But, uh, no, the Ukrainians are in bad, bad shape. Can you think of a reason why we're... And it's Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Attica. Get all of his books. Go check out the Warrior Defense Project. He's the founder and director of that at St. Mary's University. Uh, can you think of, of what this guy, Zelensky, is doing with the billions that he keeps asking us for? I actually saw a piece of video last night, Jeff, where he's asking for $5 billion to balance his budget. Why? Uh, we want to balance our budget. What are you talking about? He wants he wants seventeen billion for inf- for infrastructure or something. Why? Let's fix our inf- infrastructure. I'm not sure. Why is it that we're his bank? Do, do we know? Well, it, we're kind of in a situation where we were two years ago with with the COVID thing. If you dare say anything against the great and powerful, you know, uh, the, <laughs> the reality of what they thought yeah, it was, right. you, you're somehow demonized, et cetera, et cetera. That's why. No, you know, I'm not pro-Russian, but I'm just telling you what it is on the ground. I'm yeah. a military person. I've been to Ukraine. Right. They're a corrupt government. Uh, they're extremely corrupt. And we are spending billions of dollars, multi-billions of dollars, to not just prop up their military, but to prop up their government. Uh, and so, It's so yeah. strange so, to me. I, don't, I mean, he literally sat there on, on a camera and just barked out orders about why he needs more of this money. He's telling us, and I feel like telling him no. Um, and, and by the way, you mentioned Afghanistan earlier. Wouldn't it have been like a really smart move by our military leaders in this country to say, instead of leaving $84 billion worth of, of really great equipment in Afghanistan, let's figure out how to get it closer to Ukraine or somewhere you know, with an ally in, um, in, in Europe. That would have made more sense than sending free money. We have no idea what this guy's spending the money on, do we? No, no, no. We, we There's no accountability for the billions of dollars that we're putting over there. Uh, we have to imagine, and, and again, this is not a well-kept secret. It's a very corrupt government. Uh, the military is corrupt. The government's corrupt. They've got a lot of issues. Uh, and so we don't know where the money's going. We can imagine where most of the money's going. I mean, they have a very vibrant uh, black market. They have a very vibrant mob. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the money's going out. But uh, the bottom line is, is it, gonna, is it doing any good? Uh, you're not going to defeat the Russians. It's just not going to happen. As I said, their military is decimated, and there's nobody left to pull the triggers on their guns. Uh, and if, unless someone comes to their aid, unless one of the European powers or the United States is willing to put in ground troops, it's just a matter of time. Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Atticott, make sure you go and get his uh, book. The first one is Radical Islam Why, right? Well, yes, that's the latest one. I've got uh, Radical Islam Wise out there. Trump Judges is out there. Uh, global and national security law is out there right now. And Great so, books. Yeah. 
People need to yep. go and get those. I, I've got to bring up something that President Biden said several months ago. I think it was before Russia went in. Um, he was asked about the Nord Stream pipelines, and he said, well, if Russia does invade, then um, there won't be any pipelines. And he was like, well, what do you mean? Uh, you, you're going to take them out? There just won't be any pipelines. So he basically said what he was going to do, and then it happens about a month ago, and this administration wants me to believe that Russia blew up its own pipelines. Does that make any sense, Jeff? Well, there's four candidates when you look at who did it. Okay. And I believe that the United States government knows who did it. They're just not releasing the information for national security purposes, and I'm okay with that. We, right. we, we can't know everything what's happening. Uh, but, you know, you look at who has the motive. Uh, the United States, of course, is one candidate for doing it, regardless of what they, you know, put out that they didn't do it. Right. Um, you know, uh, so they, they have the, we have the capability to do it. Uh, but it doesn't make any sense that we would because, again, we are hurting for oil. Right. I mean, we're turning to Venezuela. We're turning to Iran. So Saudi Arabia, uh, yeah. Yeah, Saudi Arabia. It doesn't really make any sense. Uh, the European Union has the capabilities of doing it, but that doesn't make any sense because they're cutting their own throat. They need the oil this winter. Right. Uh, the Russians, what the Russians did, it. that doesn't make any sense. That's where they get their revenue. Uh, the Chinese are the fourth candidate. And the Chinese, of course, are friendly with the Russians right now, but they're doing it for their own purposes. They see advantage right now. Uh, one thing the Russians and the Chinese have in common is they don't, they're not woke. I mean, they don't care about global warming. Uh, they don't care about all the issues that, you know, that, that a lot of Europeans, a lot of Americans get very excited about. They just don't, they don't do that stuff. Um, and so they don't have problems with objective reality as we do. Well, well how, does it, how does it help China, though? Does it, put, well, it pits the U.S. against Russia even, even worse? Yeah, it, it, makes things, it makes things more difficult. It, it creates more chaos. And that's what they want in case they want to make a move on Taiwan. Wow. Things are so bad over there with the winter coming up that if they decide that it's time to make the move on Taiwan, well, no one's going to be paying that much attention. So, uh, But, you know, clearly... It took a lot of sophistication to to knock out those pipelines, uh, and it was one of those four major powers that that did it. There's no doubt about it. I I would say if I had to guess, it would be the Chinese. But we know the Europeans know our intelligence services know who did it. They're just not telling us. It's Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Atticott. You, you know, I I just wish that Biden would shut his mouth. You don't say that, and then it happened. I mean, if nothing else, he telegraphed for whomever did it that we can blame the U.S. now because this dork said he was going to do it. Um, and, and that's a real problem. Maybe you keep that one to yourself. How about this bridge that uh, you were telling me before we started is both rail and uh, automotive transport? And yep. I don't think Ukraine has the ability to take out the bridge. Do you think they did it? Well, uh, you know, they, they certainly are taking responsibility for it because the Russians returned right. fire by knocking out their power plants. And, of course, with winter coming on, it's going to be very, hard, very, very, you know, very, very bad for a lot of innocent people in yes. Ukraine are going to suffer terribly. Uh, they could have done it. I mean, the Ukrainians, uh, you know, have, have some sophisticated uh, operational assets and it would be an inside job. So you've got some individuals you can get into, you know, to the Crimea that are pro-Ukrainian, place the explosives. It, it could have happened, uh, but they certainly have not denied that they were the ones that did it. Well, they're going to take credit for it to make themselves yep. look stronger than they are. I get that. But yep. some have speculated, and I don't know anything from anything you know this, but some have speculated it could be Poland. Would Poland do it if we asked them to? I mean, is that sort of how it works in a proxy war? 
I don't think the Polish uh, military would do it if we asked them to. I just don't okay. think they don't want to get involved in this type of stuff. They'll they'll provide some logistical supports, but they're not about to put their fingerprints on a uh, you know a, an attack, a strike against Russia uh, for fear of the consequences. It probably was the Ukrainians. Uh, you know, they have some assets, and it was explosives that were placed, and they set those things off. But again. Uh, you know, it's time to negotiate. What troubles me is that no one's talking about negotiations. Uh, you know, let's try to settle this so more civilians don't suffer and die this winter. Uh, well, that would make sense. I, I would think that would make sense. But you're right. Nobody's making that move. After Nord Stream and after the bridge, uh, we've got Putin literally saying that I take as an act of war. He's assuming we did the Nord Stream at least. And he says he now has the he has the ability by law, by, by international law, to use nukes if he wants to because somebody attacked him. What do you think about that? He won't use nukes. Uh, you know, people try to you know, paint Putin as a madman, et cetera, et cetera. No, he's very rational. Um, as far as I can tell, he's in good health. He's not going to use nuclear He doesn't need to use nuclear weapons. Uh, again, he's amassing a gigantic force that's coming across in November. Mark my words. Uh, when that ground freezes up, unless they got a late freeze in November, December, and you're going to see some horrendous military activities. The Ukrainians will be pushed way, way back. And then they'll probably come to the negotiating table. The only country right now that is willing to host them is Turkey, which is, you know, which is kind of bizarre. But, you know, Zelensky's putting out statements, I'll never negotiate while Putin's a president. Well, you know, Putin hasn't said, I'll never negotiate unless Zelensky's gone. Uh, these are irrational statements. You, you've got to try to end this and end this soon for the civilian, you know, collateral damage that's occurring, this massive, and if they don't end it from a position of strength, uh, the Russians are going to be able to dictate all the terms of the surrender. It is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Atticott, the uh, He's the director and the founder of the Warrior Defense Project. Make sure you go and check that out. Just put up, uh, put Warrior Defense Project in Google. The website's very long, but it'll pop up, and you'll see uh, you'll see Jeff's face. And go and find out these great cases that he's covering. Also, a wonderful author. Well, when it comes to uh, what's happening in that side of the world, you know more than anybody else that I that I've talked with. Um, how do the Russian people feel about this? I know that they like to be westernized. I know that they, the young Russians, you know, they want to be part of uh, of the freedom and liberty movement. They can't be happy about their country invading, can they? Well, actually, some of them are very happy about it. Really? Uh, again, yeah, that's part of our our media here is trying to depict mass unrest in Russia. There's not, there's no mass unrest. That's not happening. No, there's some protests here and there. But if you look at some of the surveys out there, many of them support they. They believe that the United States and, and, and our allies betrayed Russia because we made certain promises when Ukraine uh, was made an independent nation that, uh, well, we actually made these promises after the fall of the Soviet Union, that we would not, you know, preposition assets around the Russian borders, that we would not, you know, we would not uh, uh, draw more people into the, uh, the arena of NATO. And so the Russians actually feel betrayed so if you look at it from their perspective, and again, I'm not pro-Russian. I'm just looking at the perspectives because if you're going to win a war, yeah. you got to think like the enemy thinks and, you know, what what's their morale? Morale is, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that don't want to go into the draft. That happens in any country. But uh, it's not as bad as we're being made to portray, that, that, that's being portrayed here in the American media. And, you know, what they're portraying is that Russia is our blood enemy and we can never be friends with them and we must destroy them and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You see the same thing. In the lead up to all wars, you demonize the enemy, uh, and then you, you know, you know gun ho, here we go. Uh, you know, trillions of dollars, billions of dollars, and uh, many lives later. So, it, you know, it's not in our best national interest to get involved in a war. 
uh, over there. This war needs to be settled, and I think the president would spend his uh, his his limited uh, gravitas that he has left trying to negotiate some type of a settlement. It's a tough question, but it's the last one, and I've got a very short amount of time. Jeff, how do you see this ending? Russia's going to win. Russia will. Uh, but what does a win look like? They they take whatever land they want. They're going to they're going to take those provinces, and they've already uh, annexed them, and they will uh, establish that as their new border. The Ukrainians will live with that. And uh, and that's what's going to happen uh, on the that's the best scenario for the Ukrainians. Uh, but if the Ukrainians keep pushing and pushing and pushing and refusing to negotiate, it could be a lot worse. The Russian could take a lot more territory. They could take Odessa. They could finish off the seaport on the on the southeastern side of the country. But, uh, you know, it's it's whatever it is, the Russians will not be defeated uh, in this in this military campaign. It's not going to happen. I appreciate the insight. It's Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Atticott. Get all of his books. Go to Amazon. Look him up. You can also look up the Warrior Defense Project. He's the director and founder of that. Jeff, uh, let's uh, talk about the cases that you're covering next time. You've got one that I think would be very interesting to my to my audience. I appreciate you. Thanks, Joe. All right, Jeff. Appreciate you. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Hey, great to have you. We always appreciate um, Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Atticott coming on. Remember, look up the Warrior Defense Project at St. Mary's University, and that the page will come up. He's doing great work for a lot of American warriors who are getting in trouble legally for really stupid things. There's one case he's working on now. Somebody lost their, their position because they didn't get the shot or something. The shot that now, of course, Pfizer is admitting doesn't stop transmission. Uh, we're going to talk a lot more about that next hour with Dr. Jesse Lopez. But, uh, but we love having uh, Lieutenant Colonel Atticott on. Go and check out his books. Go to Amazon and put in Jeffrey Atticott. Jeffrey with a J. Atticott, two C's. Um, just really, really good information every single time. And you might not like what he just said, and you might like what he just said. But what he, what he just said is true. You're not getting the truth from the media, the big media, big tech. And, um, and certainly, we're not getting the truth from, from this government. So you might as well get somebody to tell you what's really going on. Because before I heard that interview, before I did that interview, I would have thought Ukraine was, was beating Russia. Hmm. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. You want me to know what you think about that interview? JoePags.com. Scroll down, click on contact. Keep it here. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pags Show.